Welcome to Women's Thrive Podcast. This is where you'll get to hear incredible stories of female entrepreneurs, business owners, women from all groups of life. Myself, Raymond Jan, and my co-host Abigail will be interviewing incredible women, hearing inspiring stories of women from all around the world. I have no doubt that you will find something that will be life-changing for you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and join us for our future episodes. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Women Thrive podcast. I am your host, Abigail Rebecca, and today we have an incredible lady who's going to share with us all about PR, powerful PR, and how to really amplify your story and your message so that you start to build up that uh, presence and impact in the media. So Sarah Lloyd is a cheerleader for the Divine Feminine and Femme Leadership, and she's also an award-winning PR expert, but author, writer, radio show host, and mum of two. She's the creator of her own brand of magic-based conscious PR and communications. Her alchemy strategy sessions help to ignite the fire within, acknowledge blocks, and help to transmute all that has held clients back from stepping up and sharing their mission and purpose. Welcome, Sarah. It's so lovely to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. We're just saying we did not plan our outfits at all, but obviously we're so in tune, right? So yeah. today you've got two curly hair blondes dressed in black. So uh, I think very apt when we're talking about power and powerful PR. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> did anyone else get the memo? <laughs> yes. If you're watching or listening to this and you're not dressed in black, then please go away immediately and put on some black power colors <laughs> and come back and, and, and hang out with us. Sarah, it's so great to have you here. I would love for you to share a little bit more about the beautiful work that you do in this world and how you help your clients. Oh, so thank you again for having me on and what an introduction. So I began Indigo Soul PR probably now seven years ago. And the reason I began Indigo Soul PR is because, um, I mean, I'll just touch on my story and the reasoning behind it. I worked in corporate PR and agency PR. For, I mean, I've been in the business for 25 years. Or in view, I can say. Um, <laughs> so I've been in the business for of PR and communications all my adult life. And I worked in tech companies. I've always worked for businesses that have been the challenge of brand, the number two, the one that is snapping at the heels of the big brand. So I've always enjoyed working for agile and flexible businesses. And it was only when I had my two girls, which is why I always reference that in my bio, because it's such an important part of my journey. And the reason why I work the way that I do is after my two girls came along, I hadn't realized that I was actually suffering with quite severe postnatal depression. And it led me to a point in my life where I was searching for something more. I found a women's retreat that was being held in Glastonbury. I'd been to Glastonbury on my honeymoon, but I'd never been 
in the kind of the vein that I ended up in. And uh, I sat in circle with a group of women. And I should also mention that I'd always worked with very masculine bosses, men bosses, masculine women. It was all very process oriented. I'd never really felt completely in tune with my feminine. I went on this retreat and that all completely changed. I sat in a circle with 20 other women. I'd never really sat in that sort of space before. And I felt a lot of, I felt a softening, should we say, and also a yearning to help other women because I felt at that point, and this was like five or six years ago now, that women just needed to be celebrated and heard. And it all coincided with redundancy in my corporate job. I was at the top of my game. There wasn't anywhere else for me to go, really. If you want to think about the ladder of career progression, I was the head of global thought leadership. So my job there was around creating strategy around storytelling. So we'll talk about that shortly, but that was where I ended up. That's where I won my awards. I left on a massive high. I walked out of that business with a lovely shiny award for the, the campaign that I just finished and then started my business. And what was so beautiful is that a lot of the women that I was sat in circle with in Glastonbury six months later, following my redundancy, I ended up working with some of them as clients, helping them build retreats, promoting their books, getting them published. Lots of different amazing things just came through and from there, Indigo Soul was born and for the last five, six years, I've worked with lots of women and men who are very spiritually minded to promote their stories and share their amazing magic with the mainstream. <laughs> so yeah, so that's a bit about me. <laughs> I'm sure there's more that we can talk to. <laughs> I love how you talk about Sarah, this softening this awakening that obviously you had in in uh, Glastonbury how interesting that you went there for your honeymoon as well so it's almost like your soul was kind of trying to lead you there but it was showing up again and sort of bring so that you were able to bring this feminine aspect this feminine energy into the work that you do and I can really relate to what you were sharing I also worked in corporate for many years and was surrounded by real male energy, the doing and the striving and the just the hustle and always thinking about the top line. Yeah. And being able to incorporate this beautiful feminine energy into our work that I know that you do so well. I'd love to hear a little bit about PR. Why is PR so important, do you think? Because especially as female business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs, founders, was it really important for us to have PR and to bring that into part of our strategy, our visibility strategy? What's the importance around that? One thing that I always say that PR is basically when someone else says your stuff's good. Bottom line, I mean, I could talk into the more formulaic, definition of PR from the dictionary, but bottom line, someone else says your stuff's good. People, and if you're a trusted person, people will tend to believe that person and then consider you, your story, your brand, right? So I really like to simplify it. I mean, God 
everybody, everyone knows PR is getting drunk or falling over and being ab fab, but actually it's bottom line. You just want people to like, like, share and talk about you in a positive way, right? <laughs> oh, Sarah, I'm sorry. I've just got this vision of you falling, doing a patsy and <laughs> falling out I the back of a limo. I have done that. And side of Harvey Nicks. Harvey Nicks wine bar. Here we go. Well, that's what it was. So that's what PR was in the corporate world. It was the sales guys used to sit there and say, you're over there with your glitter and your colouring pencils. Are you off for your champagne lunch? Not really understanding what it was that we were actually doing. I mean, sure, we were taking journalists out from the BBC but, and applying them with champagne. But the bottom line was the BBC were then covering our stories because they felt connected and yeah, well, I mean, we built a relationship with them. At the end of the day, PR is about relationship. It's about relationship with yourself, actually. And it's about relationship with the wider world. And I guess what I like to also kind of bring it back to the bones of it, I talk about my alchemy sessions. It's about what is your truth and how can you share your truth in, from a space of integrity? And a lot of the time where I've had clients who've been unhappy with, relate, with their media coverage, because that does happen, it's because they're not telling themselves the truth. They're not happy with their perception of themselves because basically what the media is, is it's a mirror of you. So if you're telling a story and you're not quite believing that story, that comes through. And that's, that's where you get the little cracks. That's where you get the headlines that you're not really liking or because you've not completely embraced your story, right? So there's a big part of how you show up in the world. I think PR is so much more than just media coverage. PR is about falling completely in love with your own story and showing up in your complete authentic self. And what happens from there is normally magical. Media is a mirror of you. It really is. Immediately, I'm just thinking about these stories that you read in, in, the, in the media and I know that everything can be embellished and everything can be blown out. And of course, it's obviously a business that needs to be clickbait. There needs to be sensational headlines, right? The newspapers need to be sold and magazines need to be sold and news needs to be watched. We all know that. I love that you're talking into that about the healing. So it's not just about going out there and being visible and sharing and, and getting your photo out there and getting your story out there, but it's actually the healing that needs to take place. First of all, that you're really talking into there. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, I've worked with, I've worked with several clients, but I also, there's one particular client, she, well, she wasn't actually a client. She was a, a friend of mine who asked me for advice and she wrote a book around something really awful that happened. She it was an accident, but she ended up killing a childhood friend through a very awful, unfortunate accident when she was 15. She wrote a whole book around it. And typically, she was interviewed by a journalist. They dealt with the story really beautifully. Unfortunately, the headline is always going to be triggering. And I, 
When I work with clients, I always explain this to them. At the end of the day, you have to ignore the headline because they have to put something inflammatory so that people will click through and read it. But the actual content of the story itself was beautifully written. You can just see it now. Child kills friend in javelin accident or something like that. It was something really quite hard hitting. And what then happened as a result of that, she gave her exclusive to one publication. They took that story and they ran it all over the world. There was hundreds and hundreds of pieces of coverage with this awful headline, but also this great piece of coverage. And off the back of that, I mean, she phoned me and she was like, she was in pieces. Like, what do I do? How do I handle this? Like, this is awful. I feel terrible. I was like, look, at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do because it's out there. You just have to work through the emotions that are coming through, what's happening, how it's... This happened many years ago. So at the end of the day, you've written a book about this. <laughs> it's kind of, you have to embrace that. But what happened off the back of that, and this is really beautiful, is that she'd never spoken to the family of the child that died. She had had a 15-year-old awful thing happen, didn't speak to the family for years and years and years. And what actually happened as a result of that piece of coverage is the family got back in touch with her and said, we never blamed you. We never, there was no blame attached to what happened, it was an accident. And her healing that went with that was beautiful because for years and years and years, she carried that, carried that shame, the blame. The 15 year old, she didn't know. No one sat her down and said to her, it wasn't your fault. It was an accident. It was, it was just dealt with. So this woman of a certain age, in her, I think she's in her 50s now, she's finally found that peace that was needed with regards to that aspect of her story. I'm not saying, I mean, that sounds, that's like a really quite sensational piece, but it just goes to show the power of sharing that story. And then what then happened is the knock-on effect. She's now in touch with that family. There is an inner child that's feeling a bit more loved and a little bit more seen. And she's now able to look at that story from a place of, completely she's looking at it from her scar not the wound which is a big part of the work that I do it's like our stories don't define us they're a part of us and I think if you're ready to share your story from your scar not the wounds where you're you know bleeding all over the place and likely to be hurt and triggered in the process then absolutely get out there and share people share that story with people because then they'll be inspired to do the same or take action it's a beautiful story sarah and if you think about something that happened to you so young and all the guilt and the shame that she more than likely would have carried all through her life and now to have this transformation and i actually know who you're referring to and you can see and I think this is testimony to the work that you do as well with your clients. You can see that healing has then created more opportunities, expansion, abundance within her life. It's just beautiful to witness. So it's great that you've shared that. Okay, so I'm listening to this podcast and I am someone who understands the benefits of 
going out there and being more visible in the media and maybe I have a story to share or I have a product that I want to talk about or a service that I want to talk about. What would you say are the kind of the first steps for anyone that's never done PR before? What would be the first steps that someone would need to take to be able to, I don't know, just get the ball rolling with that? I guess the first three steps I would always recommend people do literally sit down with a piece of paper and think about all the sliding door moments of your life, all the stories that have come up in your, and, it, and whatever comes up is, it, is, is what, you don't need to keep like going back and back and back and back. It's like whatever the first two or three stories up that come up as you sit down and, and do that exercise, they're the things that need to be either shared or healed or cleared. So it is a case of journaling around what are the three things that changed my life. For me, it was postnatal depression set me on a different path. That's one of my stories. Another thing is around working in a corporate environment and how, how I worked in the mainstream. That was another major thing for me. With yourself, Abby, where we've worked together, so it was around your story around your being a Jehovah Witness. And that was the big story that when we first started to work together, that came up. And now we've shared it, it's now cleared. So it's about what are the, the significant parts of life that want to come up to be shared. So do that as a very kind of quick exercise. So first of all, what is it that needs to come up to be shared and healed? Second of all, who are the people that you're trying to reach? Who are you trying to educate and inspire and connect with? And what I tend to do in this part of the process, so we have our stories that are wanting to be shared, but we also need to know who we're sharing that with. Often it's understanding who we were five years ago because there is an element of we're trying to impact someone who's you know, several steps behind us, but in a similar situation, perhaps. So it's understanding where those people hang out, what they're consuming, what they're listening to, what events they're going to. So it's not just about watching the BBC. It's about what magazines, what podcasts, what TV shows, where are they all hanging out? And what are they consuming? So that's the other piece I would say. And then the final thing is, what is your purpose when you're coming to share your message? What are you trying to get out of this? So you have your story. You have the people that you're trying to reach and build rapport and connection with. And what's the end goal? What are you trying to share with this? Is it just telling people that they can have, they can experience life in a different way? That's great. That's a great purpose to have. Or is it about getting people to know who you are and positioning you as a thought leader in your space so that they can come to your events, come to your experiential services, experience your yoga classes, whatever it may be. So it's almost like, I mean, I liken it a little bit to an Akashic Records piece in that once we know what our stories are, who the people we're looking to connect, and then what it is we want to share with them. So it's getting really clear on those three things. And then from there... You can either subscribe or check out if you want to go completely into doing it yourself. You can just go to Twitter and hashtag journo requests. They're always journalists are always looking for people to 
contribute to pieces that they're writing. So that's one really easy way to do it if you're willing to, to get on and search Twitter. Um, there are lots of other ways to do it as well. I have There's access to things like editorial, response source, there's Arrow, which is a free resource. There's loads of different tools where you can start to like understand what journalists are looking to speak about. And then it's just a case of, okay, here's my story. This is what the journalist is talking about. It's going to reach these people. And then you just pitch yourself out. And often it's bizarre, but journalists... Just to kind of add to this point, journalists get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails. So if you get a response to an email, that's a win because you've cut through so much other stuff. There's PRs, there's individuals, there's editors in their inboxes. So if you're, if you even get a response or actually secure a piece of coverage, like that's one in a million chance. So that's another thing. It's like, it's a big deal. <laughs> and I have to keep reminding myself that. <laughs> I think I went on a tangent there, Abby. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. And it is a big deal. And you've mentioned that, obviously, for those of you that kind of picked up on that, Sarah and I know one another outside of the Women Thrive podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sarah has done my PR for me beautifully and when you were talking earlier about really being able to tell your story from a place of transformation and healing as opposed to telling it from your wound it's very powerful because we were talking about this off camera actually because when my piece um, was told when my story when I told my story via a journalist in a very well-known Sunday supplement and a very, it's like 2.2 million, I think, readership of that Sunday sentiment, which is supplement, which is incredible. I was able to tell my story from that place, which meant that it was, I felt very empowered and I also had boundaries. Now, there, there was a, the journalist herself, you were talking about relationships. It was like, we'd already built up a great relationship. I'd been very clear about how I wanted to position that. It really is about feeling that inside of yourself. Yeah. Like having that presence and impact, building those relationships with that journalist. And it's like you say, you've got, you probably haven't got any control whatsoever over the headline. Is this a separate person anyway that's writing it? But really being able to kind of not have control, I don't mean control, but just like a very high level of creative direction around your story when it's in the media really helps to serve you. Because it's like you say, when it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. And it's also about, it becomes a story as well. It's kind of, if you have one piece of coverage in a magazine and then you don't follow it up with other stories... It, it's like the one hit wonder. It's gone again. It's kind of, it, it, for me, PR and showing up, it's a journey. You need to continuously take those steps, whether you start with sharing your story in a Sunday supplement and then moving on to more highbrow publications or getting on TV. You just need to keep taking those steps to keep showing up and keep sharing that story. 
until it's kind of run its course because it will tell you the story itself will tell you whether it's it's done now often the journalists will tell you that too but what you'll probably find and I certainly found this as well was I told us my story around postnatal depression about five six years ago and and it made a comeback earlier on this year I published a collaborative book with a bunch of other women mothers and it, it, it made a comeback but it came back in a different vein it came back in this it's like it wasn't even me it's I'm talking about somebody else now it's it's so removed from me it's actually really beautiful I'm not sitting in that victim wound I'm coming from that place of thriving which is I've seen so many other clients do as well what would you say are some of the common things that you see within women and your clients around being visible and showing up in that way? What are the blocks? What do you um, see often? It's really interesting because after three months, often we'll, we'll start going and everybody's really excited and yeah, we're going to get our coverage out there. Yeah, we're going to secure coverage. And then you get to this point after three months. And it's like, oh, not sure if I'm comfortable about this anymore. And it's that feeling of there's this like up leveling the kind of the void before the breakthrough. It's that it's really interesting. It's always around three months you get a client that says, I don't want to do it anymore because it's feeling really uncomfortable or I can't or the opportunities are not coming through because they're energetically pushing it away. So what I tend to do now is I work with clients for three months to start to build them up and then we'll pause or we'll stop or we'll revisit and then we start again almost. But it's kind of that three-month period. It gets people going, but it also it helps people to move through things that could be holding them back and what they'll find and I'm finding this with another client at the moment. We're moving very slowly, but it's because they're feeling uncomfortable with sharing their story. And I have to keep going back to them and saying, is it, how are you feeling now? And then, oh, I feel a bit, I'm more contracted and I don't know if I want to share it. And what's really beautiful with this particular client is we've just done a really big interview, a big written interview, and she's shared everything, walks and all very British term, I know, but everything. She's fr- thrown that closet open, the mothballs are hanging out, and she's. I said, right, how do you feel? Now you've written this down. This is your worst nightmare. This is all written down. How does it feel to you? And she's like, do you know what? It was really cathartic, really healing. She's like squared it away with her partner and her daughter, and everybody's quite comfortable with what's being shared. So she's like, I'm game now. I'm open. I'll share anything you want me to share. And it's almost like you have to kind of go through. There's always going to be people that you need to be considerate of, partners, children, whatever. And that's, again, when you talked about the boundary piece, I I had another client who we got some really great opportunities, but her non-negotiable was I'm not mentioning my kid. My kid is not involved. And... She stuck by that. And it was really interesting because there were lots of opportunities that came up where she could have spoken into being a parent, but 
that's again where the integrity piece, the boundary piece came in. It's like a, it's a great opportunity. It's a great publication that wants to speak to you, but it's a no. So it's also that understanding where your boundaries are, but also knowing that you can change those boundaries if you feel you are ready to. So like, I know that this other woman is now talking about her child. So it depends on where you are in your journey and in your spiral. Do you know what? I don't even know if I answered your question then. <laughs> no, you did. You did. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You did. No, it's really interesting to hear you talk about the non-negotiables and the boundaries. And I think with any kind of like PR, marketing, any visibility, when we're going out there, we're speaking on stages, we're writing books, we're giving interviews to media, we're on TV, like we're on podcast, all of these opportunities, I feel personally, it's really important to have those non-negotiables already set out in your head. You might not necessarily have a conversation with someone beforehand, but you know, I'm not even going to go there. Like I'm not going to let my brain go there. I'm not going to let my mouth go there. I really resonate with it. I'm very clear when I'm being interviewed, what I'm going to talk about and what I'm not going to talk about. And then having someone like you on the team to be able to kind of coach and guide through how do you still steer those conversations away from that, right? And again, just going back to my interview, I was very, I was just talking, I didn't want to talk about the rest of my family. I didn't want to involve them. And that was respected, but I was very, very clear about it with them and in my head. No, no, it's good. It's, It's really good to hear. And I think with all of this, as we go out and we are more visible, it might be that you're listening and watching to this podcast and you've been part of our community for a while. It might be that you're You've either been a speaker on the Women Thrive Summit or you're considering to be a speaker on the Women Thrive Summit. Might be that you're thinking about coming and taking part in the co-authorship book anthropology series with us. It might be that you're looking to come on and be a guest on this podcast. All of this goes hand in hand with the PR aspect because it just supports each other beautifully. It's like you're going out there and being visible. How are you going to be amplify that? How are you going to strengthen that? This podcast is called Powerful PR, and that's what we're talking about. I believe you can do PR at any point or whenever you feel the nudge. You don't have to have something to launch. You don't have to have it, though it helps. You don't have to have a book that's coming out, though it helps, because you're always sending. It's another tool in your marketing arsenal, if you like. It's that extra, it's just that level up because marketing is all about you telling everyone you're great, right? But with PR, it's a journalist, it's a speaker, it's it's somebody else saying that you're great. It just adds that extra level, which can sometimes push people over the edge to then invest in you or spend time with you or buy your service or your book, whatever it is. What's amazing is that as being part of the Women's Thrive Summit is I know that I'm building towards the speaking opportunity in March. So in my mind, there is a strategy that's forming, that's then building more PR coverage that might land around March that will then further amplify what I'm doing with Women Thrive. 
So we're always building towards something, aren't we? In this world of entrepreneurship, it may be that it's an event or a speaking opportunity, but ultimately the more we stand up on our hind legs and, and be seen and speak into this, how else are people going to find you? That's the other thing. Well, we are very, very excited to have you as a speaker on our summit, which as we're recording this is going to be taking place in March of next year. But hey, you might be listening from the future, in which case the summit would have happened. And please go and watch Sarah's talk because it was absolutely incredible and inspiring. We're saying this because we know it is going to be. We know it's going to be. We only have the best speakers on our stages. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful PR wisdom. I see your lightning earrings that are just like glinting when you turn your head. So we are power dressing today. How can people find you? You can find me on my website, which is www.indigosoulpr.com, or I'm most active on Instagram. I'm Sarah Lloyd underscore is PR there. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being a guest on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for watching, for listening. As always, we would love to know how you are going to be taking away the words of wisdom that Sarah shared with us today around PR, around visibility, around really owning your story, building those relationships and building on your visibility and going out there and being seen as a thought leader, as an expert in your field. And please make sure you go and follow Sarah on social media and go and visit her website and reach out to her if you have any questions, reach out to us if you have any questions. We love to keep this conversation going way, way, way after the podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being an incredible audience and for supporting us um, at Women Thrive. And when I talk about us, I'm talking about all of us, all of our speakers, all of our authors, all of our podcast guests, and you, our beautiful audience. We're all part of this incredible movement that is moving forward around empowering the voices of women. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to Women Thrive Podcast. If you found today's episode empowering and inspiring, be sure to subscribe and follow us. Better yet, leave a review and share it with others. We're committed to bringing you more stories that will empower and inspire you on your own journey. Until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep pursuing your dreams.